0: Hello, I'm Dr. Kimberly O'Brien, a child psychologist, entrepreneur, and mum with a passion for problem-solving and family adventures. Join me each week for practical tips and on-air consultations with the smartest, kindest parents and their incredible kids. Find answers faster, do things differently, and take your family further. This is Impressive. This episode is sponsored by
1: Brightchild.com.
0: Now let's get started. This is Impressive a podcast that demystifies a trip to the child psychologist where you don't have to be in crisis to ask a question. I'm Dr. Kimberly O'Brien, Principal Child Psychologist at Quirky Kid and co-founder of brightchild.com, a new app giving parents access to their very own child development expert anywhere, anytime. This is episode five. Thanks so much for joining us. Can you imagine working internationally on a creative project of your choice with your partner and children in tow? What would it look like, I hear you say? How could we make that happen? Well, in the case of Rachel Peachy and her partner Paul Mosig, they get paid to photograph and exhibit their work while their children travel with them on field trips. They are normally based in the Blue Mountains, just outside of Sydney, but when I speak to them at the time of this interview, they are based in Berlin. And the focus of this exhibition is playgrounds. Rachel and her family are working on a photography project exploring playground culture and how different communities interact and engage when it comes to play spaces. Listen up as we explore how to seek out family-friendly international gigs, the pros and cons of hiring a babysitter while working abroad, and a three-month stint of homeschooling away from your home base. What would that be like And again, how do you make it happen? Well, I'm really pleased to introduce you to Rachel now, who will tell us how it kind of came about and how that's impacted on their family dynamics. So without further ado, here's Rachel Peachy of Racket Design Studio. Thanks, Rachel.
1: When Sasha was born, there was a break Mm
0: -hmm. from
1: the ease of working. And then there started to be a little bit of tension, I guess, as he got older of like who wanted to do stuff when or And then we kind of started to do more stuff with him. And then when Jack was born, we kind of really made it more explicit, I guess, like that we would do work together as well, if that seems natural. And sometimes it doesn't and sometimes it doesn't. But um, in 2014, we did a residency in Berlin,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: kind of after like quite a few years of balancing design and artwork. And they came with us on that. And we really kind of made work together, photography and, and video work, And not just solely them being in the work, but them being kind of involved in terms of talking about what it is. And I mean, clearly some points they're more involved than others, but as we started to to do work about play, they became much more involved. And then we did another residency a couple of years later in Berlin, then it was explicitly about play. Mm -hmm. and doing field trips to particular playgrounds and looking at games and playing and the kind of feelings that come up when kind of socialising or like when taking risks and how they feel like there's a lot of rules and demands put on you as a child. Yes. (laughs) So we talked about that a lot with them and, and they became a lot more involved. Sasha in particular has started to have stronger ideas about what could be included and that I feel like we're at a point where, like, we take him a lot more, his ideas a lot more seriously. Like, uh-huh. I think we wrote about it for quite a while that we were collaborating, and I think that was true to an extent. But I think, like, with anything where you're kind of putting yourself out there in writing, you know, it's probably more an idea than necessarily the complete honest reality. Whereas, whereas now, I feel like it, it is definitely moving more towards that.
0: Mm-hmm. Even though
1: it's still always, because any art collaboration, there's always a bit of a power imbalance. Yes. Not like an evil kind of power imbalance, but just like you know, my idea is better. Actually, know my idea is better, or that, that type of thing. Yeah, do you
0: sit around as a family and and exchange ideas, or
1: yeah, yeah. I think it's a little bit more. Um, oh yeah, I mean, occasionally, but they don't really like that. <laughs> Like, I think that's a bit formal. formal. I think, yes. yeah, I think, you know, I teach ethics at their school
0: mm-hmm. and that
1: kind of very formal discussion of ideas like that, like it only really lasts well for maybe five to ten minutes at a time before, you know, the the need to be, like, funny or, like, black off or being silly <laughs> takes over. Yeah. And so it's a bit the same with this. I think, like, we might try and have a, a serious conversation about things, but, like, almost immediately there's that kind of glaze over and... <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so, no, I think when we do it, it has to be a bit more spontaneous. I yeah, I think so. <laughs> and kind of while we're traveling all the way, while we're going on a walk or, what, you know, like, like yeah, they're not ready for like, you're going to have a serious sit down meeting about what we're doing. Yeah, no.
0: Less planning, more play.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're much better in that realm. And, and sometimes we are too, where like, they like making things. They're still not as interested in like the... And the discussion about what it means and why we've done something. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Rachel, can you tell me how you managed to construct this lifestyle for yourself where (laughs) you travel and you get to do creative things and then you also produce books. I want to hear about the book as well, but maybe just to start with like how other parents could create something similar for themselves.
1: Well, I mean, we've been very lucky after we're doing a lot of artwork, we started to do a couple of uh, graphic and web design projects. And then that kind of snowballed. And so Paul and I have, you know, a kind of ongoing business of of doing that. And yeah, I mean, we've been really lucky. We haven't had to kind of develop that too intensely and it's been able to support us. And because uh, we can work through the internet, you know, you're you're able to, do. I mean, it's it's not always ideal to be moving around and working. It, It does make things more complicated, but it does mean that if there's an opportunity, we're more likely to be able to take that. Yes, I mean we we do make some money from our artwork, but it's I'd say it's like twenty percent, eighty percent kind of split. Yes, so yeah, we're able to do it from
0: your web yeah. design business, which is racket.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and graphic design.
0: Yeah, if people wanted to learn more about racket, should they just go to the website
1: oh sure yeah I mean we're kind of trying to redevelop that at the moment actually I mean the difficulty of doing multiple things all at once is that we we've been trying to redevelop our own site for maybe three years now (laughs) always a juggle yeah totally
0: and what about juggling school so you're homeschooling them now have you kind of done bits and pieces along the way or are they yeah how does that work and how did the kids feel about traveling
1: Uh, Yeah, I think they're mixed. Like they're excited by it and they enjoy it. And then when things are like difficult or long, like two days ago, we traveled from Florence up here and it was a pretty long day. And that can sometimes, you know, like take a toll as it does on anybody. Sure. (laughs) And I mean, but that's fine. It's fine for them to (laughs) have difficult days. (laughs) We had a little kind of exhibition at the end of our residency. And for a few days that was difficult because we were quite busy. And so we had less time to focus on what they were doing that's the hard bits I think whereas like today we've kind of settled down more and you know Paul's doing some work with them on their maths and writing
0: stuff and so Rachel you know you talked a bit about cultural differences have the kids noticed any cultural differences in the playgrounds like when it comes to connecting with other kids or yeah yeah, what's that like tell me about it
1: not this trip yet so much because we haven't really been in, in any playgrounds but when we lived in Germany a couple of years ago we lived there for a year it was definitely really different I mean, I think we were in Berlin and for one, because most people live in apartments, the playgrounds are really full all the time because everyone has to leave the apartment every day because it's very, you know, you have to because yeah. the, like the tension of being inside all the time. So they're full. They're really full. Like, so compared to the kind of playgrounds in the mountains where everyone kind of has a lot of space, so they don't, they don't really use them in quite the same way. So that's kind of one thing. And another, they're more independent and like like parents are kind of over there somewhere and they're not really around in quite the same way. So mm-hmm. kids are kind of left to themselves a little bit more, I would say. The kind of perceived danger of them, I guess, they're, they're more dangerous in some mm-hmm. ways. I mean, there's higher sections and more moving parts and things like that. So, I mean, Sasha tends to think as the older, uh, our older son, he's, thinks the parks in Australia are quite boring, but, you yeah. know, I mean, there's definitely being more interesting ones built, not necessarily in the mountains, but like a- around, but, yeah. I mean, he his German wasn't good enough to have like really intense interactions necessarily like socially so he was mostly kind of parallel playing to other kids but you know he he didn't kind of say anything particularly you know I don't know I mean there's other little things like um, there's a lot of water parks in Berlin and kids in the nude in just a really public park and there's no there's no No worry or particularly about that and I wouldn't that wouldn't happen in Australia I don't think I think we have a fear of that type of thing
0: yes yeah I'm just thinking about the media in Europe. Like, is there still a big focus on stranger danger? And um, why do you think that's different?
1: I don't know. I don't know if it's just because as a community, everyone is in these public spaces together more often Mm -hmm. and a, a wider range of people. Like, I feel like parks in Australia, they're either like four kids with their parents there and that's kind of it. And whereas a lot of the parks that we used to go to, I mean, everyone was there. Like every everyone that lived around that area was there, and the kids' park was part of that kind of space. And so the kids, you know, it's just like we're all living here. And so maybe if you see those people all the time, not like you're not friends or anything necessarily, but it's if you see people, you're more less likely to be worried about them. I guess you know. I mean, I'm not entirely sure, of course, <laughs> but. Um, in Australia, I kind of noticed that we seem to put things in very intense little silos, like this is a space for this and nothing else can happen in this space. And this is this space and etc.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, we found it in Italy, not necessarily in parks or anything. Like, So when we were in Florence, that people in general were really kind to the kids, like mm-hmm. more so than in Australia, yes. like just general strangers and in public are like, and even if we went to I mean, the people we were doing the residency with really talked to them like they were, you know, valued members of the picnic that we were going to. I mean, not really like adults, actually, but not like kind of an annoying kind of (laughs) addition. I kind of get this very mild, not like kind of really intense, but this mild thing that kids in public in Australia are a little bit tolerated, like not necessarily Mm -hmm. like absolutely. It's a great thing that they're there as well. You know, and, you know, we'd go to a restaurant and people would give them, like, a bunch of cherries or, like, an extra bit of bread or, like, yes, great that the children are out in the world. Nice. like we love
0: <laughs> Love it. It sounds great for like parents. Yeah, 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 totally. Well, so it does. Good. It
1: kind of makes them happy, makes everyone a bit happy, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, It, it was it, it really genuine as well. It didn't really seem like it was being done just as some type of expected thing or anything.
0: Yeah. So lovely. Yeah. It sounds so good. Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me, um, have you had any epiphanies or, you know, breakthroughs (laughs) since you've been traveling that you feel like have changed the Um, way you parent your kids or the way that you live your life?
1: I mean, something that you kind of always know, but maybe it's more kind of really in there that things are just constantly going to change and there's not much you can do about that. And that if something's bad at the moment, it probably won't be like that forever. The good times won't either, I guess. So like, just, you know, don't, don't get. (laughs) Enough on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, like the fact that I, what we're thinking at the moment, actually, there's, there's been a bit of um, tension, I think, like when we're in an enclosed space for too long and the kids, like they really love each other, but they, you know, they'll they'll fight with each other. And so the real need to spend time apart so like one of us going to do something with one and and one with another and I think we tend to forget that we need to do that because you know sometimes it can be more difficult I guess it's like oh it'd be easier if all four of us went and did this because then we wouldn't you know because we all want to do that or or something like that but yeah that thing of like one of us spending time one-on-one with the kids and not as some type of (laughs) exercise but more like that you know you forget that that dynamic is is really lovely and you kind of learn that oh yeah that's right I really love hanging out with Sasha or with Jack or you know with Paul even like separately it's really different like the dynamic of four people is always going to be you know compromise yeah we're still working on that one
0: (laughs) sounds very familiar I think with any family just changing those dynamics can just break it up hey that sounds good and Rachel, I just wondered also about you know your creative life and your professional life. Like, have you always managed to maintain that while you've been parenting, or do you sometimes go more into mum mode and forget about your own pursuits? How do you keep the balance?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty selfish. <laughs> no, I mean not entirely. But also, we're also again, like when we're, we're living at home in the mountains, um, my mum lives in a like an apartment at the back of our house. Yes. <clears throat> But she, I mean, she has a full-time job as well, but it just means that there's three of us, not just two of us. And so that's amazing.
0: Yeah, Um, nice one. Good support.
1: Yeah. Yeah, You know, and I know that's not something everyone can just, like, find. It's not like you can work towards that, but that's really been amazing for us. Um, And it's just the little things. It's not, like, long periods of time or anything, but, like, oh, that half an hour where Paul and I both have to do something or those things. I mean, those little tiny times, I mean, especially when they were younger, that time when you have a shower or whatever.
0: So you know, helpful.
1: Yeah, incredibly helpful. What yeah, if, no, uh, I mean, been, sorry, but there's there's been a couple, one project maybe like a month ago. It was a design project and it became quite intense and we were just working really ridiculous hours and that was the one time I think Sasha said, this sucks, like, <laughs> I, I don't like this, like, <laughs> And that was really fair enough. And I mean, we didn't either. And that was one of those things where it's like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that that doesn't happen very often, but occasionally. Yeah.
0: And do you ever call on anyone when you're overseas, like to get a babysitter when you're in work mode? I always find that such a juggle, you know, like if if my partner and I are away working and we want to bring the kids, but then it turns into a family holiday more than a, you know, professional experience because we feel limited by not, having that extra support
1: yeah um yeah no it's it's difficult I think Paul actually my partner finds that the, the most difficult in terms of artwork it is what it is and there's no kind of necessarily deadlines on it so it doesn't necessarily have the same even though it's like it can be emotionally kind of challenging and you're like oh I'm not getting this done fast enough well, it's not it doesn't have that while we're traveling anyway, like if we're having an exhibition at home, that's a different thing. And we would ask for support at those times when, you know, we're installing something for it. But like when we're traveling, it doesn't quite matter as much, but with, it does get a bit stressful with, with the design work and stuff, but there's actually just nothing we can do. Like, we just have to, yeah, like, oh, I really need three hours now. Can you guys go and do something or, yes. you know, whatever. The first time we went away for a few months, like when they were younger, we did try like a babysitter when we were in Germany. Mm-hmm. but I can't say it was entirely successful <laughs> like they didn't like it at all really okay um yeah I, actually there was one girl and but they really didn't like it. and then we uh, met a, a Swedish girl and she kind of looked after them a bit and that was a bit better but I think they found it quite weird because we don't really do it at home because yeah. we, have my mum's support so bringing in like that they were just like what is this <laughs> that might have had more to do with like the fact that they've never really Learnt the kind of structure of having a babysitter necessarily. Yeah. So you know it's hard to say whether one of my friends in Berlin used to look after them sometimes when we lived there, um, and they liked that and and that was kind of great. But that was generally more for social things, not for work things. I mean, yeah, basically we can't do that, so we just um, I mean, we talk about with them that this you'll have to kind of read or draw or do something for a couple of hours while this specific thing is happening. Yes. And then, like we always have, which isn't always great, but is what happens is that we work after they've kind of
0: Got gone third. to sleep. Yeah, yep. <laughs> <That's> one <laughs>
1: working within yeah. the
0: limits. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, totally. yes, work, right.
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And um, last question, I feel like I have to wrap it up. I'm so thankful okay. for your time. I wondered um, how you go settling back into like Australian culture when you come home, or does it always feel like a pit stop and that something new and exciting's around the corner?
1: Oh, no, no. We love, I mean, we love living in the, we live in the Blue Mountains in Australia and in Katoomba and we, we really love it there. The space and I mean, you know, we have a a garden and, you know, we kind of used to eating from that and all that kind of thing. So we really do love the kind of settled nature of that. And, you know, our house, which we've been in for a while now and the structure of that and, no, I, it definitely feels like home and a place where we, we know well and the rhythms of it very well. I guess because I it's a small place, we, you know, occasionally like the idea of doing something more dramatic and interesting. So it's more that that's the...
0: Home base. Know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: Now, if you liked that episode, you might also be interested in sharing that with your friends or a psychologist or educator that you know. So feel free to go to your podcast app and click on share to send it to someone who might also be interested. And if you like to find out more about child psychology related things, you can go to our website at www.quirkykid.com.au and check out our fact sheets for more free learning. Or alternatively, you might even like to go and check out brightchild.com, that's B-R-I-T-E, child.com, to find out how you can connect to your very own child development expert anywhere, anytime. Thanks so much for joining us again this week on Impressive. I look forward to, well, being with you again next week as we interview more interesting parents who are doing things differently. This was Impressive.